0: Welcome to the Downtown Dubs Pod. I'm your host, Mike Newman. And starting off today, we had a little bit of a three-month break, I want to say, as I was looking for a co-host, which we have found. And Ken, if you want to introduce yourself and give the people a little bit about you before we jump into things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Uh, really excited to be here um, as your co-host. Um, my name is Ken Watana. I am a uh, big Dubs fan. Grew up in the Bay Area. Um, and on the, I also actually am the uh, CEO and founder of Allegiance, the uh, social network for sports fans, um, coming out soon on iOS. So um, you'll be able to talk anything you want about Dubs on there, too. So i uh, really excited to be joining the podcast and um, sharing my takes on the Warriors and our season and uh, everything good with the the greatest team in the bay there you go
0: i mean what's not to love i mean other than you know what's been going on with this year especially being a warriors fan looking at all the success that we've had over the years and then the injuries last year and i mean this year it's it's been an uphill battle but jumping right into uh the game that we just had against the bucks which was a a huge win for the golden state warriors Uh, There's just a couple things that I kind of wanted to bring up and then we could move on from there. So what, what was your takeaway with
1: the win against the Milwaukee bucks? Yeah. So first off, incredible win. I think I just have to preface that I did not think we were going to win despite um, (laughs) how much I wanted them to, but uh I, I what struck me was that it was just really a, a team win, all in all. I mean, obviously Steph did his thing and carried the team at the end. But I was most impressed by you know pretty much everybody stepping up big time and, and contributing, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, I think the dubs have te- definitely had a tendency this year in the fourth quarter to just kind of collapse and disappear um, if Steph can't get things going. But there is a point where I think we went on a twelve one twelve to one run. Um, to close the gap, and usually it's the other way around. Usually, I feel like teams are doing that to us, and you know, it's kind of a sense of a sense of doom that it's happening again in the fourth quarter. And this time, I was watching, and it's like, oh wow, they're putting it together. I mean, Ubre making those key threes didn't expect that. I mean, Wiggins came up huge. So for me, it was really just everybody coming together against a very good team, even with that um, to pull this thing out and talk about a big win that the team needs. Right? That's a it felt like a huge win for me. Yeah, I
0: am gonna piggyback directly off that. It for me, it's crazy because the first half had the feel that it was a game that the Warriors had. And so in my head going into the second half, I was like, you know, they're playing their brand of basketball, getting the assist out. Uh Steph was playing decent to that point. He came alive in the second half. Um, but yeah, basically on what you were saying. Uh, I believe it was a ten-point game around there with four minutes left or so, and then Draymond fouls out with like two minutes left, and at that point you're kind of just like, well, I mean, are they going to win? Can they (laughs) stop? Can they, you know, can they produce offensively? And huge shout out to Kelly Oubre because it seemed like when everything happened after the trade deadline, and you know, he came out and spoke, and he was like, I don't know about my future, I don't want to come off the bench. To me, after that, I want to say for two games following that his energy wasn't there and I could notice it I don't know if you did but then he comes and you know he's knocking down huge threes which me and you talked about this like for me on the court he's like the last person that I wanted taking those shots just (laughs) because I feel a lot more confident with everybody else taking them and he knocks them down he knocks down the two huge free throws and honestly it was a huge win and it Like also, like me and you talked about, just moving forward, like this is a huge stretch for the Warriors that they need to get wins. And I know that, you know, we have two decent games that it looks like on schedule and on paper the Warriors should win. But with how this season's going, we really have no idea what's going to happen. So it's kind of just something where you take the win. I know Giannis wasn't playing. But injuries happen, so I'm not really going to knock the Warriors for getting that win. But definitely, hopefully this gives the team momentum. And after the game, you can see how happy Steph was. He's giving Steve Kerr a bunch of hugs and doing all this. So it was a good win and probably made the locker room feel,
1: you know, extremely good yeah definitely and before before the game you know you, you and i were on twitter and you said that this was kind of going to be the turning point for for the season and I i wasn't really believing it at first but you told me to believe and and look what happened to came true so i i really hope that you know you're right and this is this the game that they can go back look back and circle and say this was when everything came together you know they always talk about mm-hmm. trying to put put the pieces together and this was the game hopefully that kicks them into that gear with uh, 20, 21 games or so left in the in the season. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I think that more so just looking at the final stretch, like don't get me wrong because I kind of went over it a lot today. There's a – there. it seems like there's a lot of winnable games, but also like you and I talked about, I mean, they have games where they go against the Hawks and they're like super depleted and they're just getting worked on all cylinders. And so with this team, you really can't count anything as a win until you're watching it and the clock strike zero because you just don't know. But taking a look at the upcoming schedule, you have a back-to-back. You have Washington tomorrow night and then the Rockets on Saturday. And both of those, I want to say, should be wins. But you kind of look at it from... You know, Washington, they're not, they don't really have a deep roster. They're kind of like the Warriors, except, you know, they have Russ and Bradley Beal and they're always going to be a problem to go against. And so you got to take that into accountability. And then the Rockets, you're getting them at not the best time because they were depleted and now they're getting their team back. The Rockets just had a huge win yesterday against the Mavs. So you can't take anything lightly when it comes to, you know, the upcoming schedule and that, It's kind of scary because when you keep looking down as the games go on, you have Boston still, Philly, you have Denver a couple times. And then, you know, you end the season with like the Suns and the Pelicans. And it's just, it's a brutal 21 game stretch that you have to, I'm going to say the number that you got to get to is like 14 wins. And even that, it's like I feel like I'm asking for a lot there. I would take 12 to 14 wins, and I think that's what you need in order to get yourself to like a seven or eight seed, because you really don't want to do all this and then get to the stay at the nine or ten seed for the play-in game and then play into the playoffs. At least if you're at the seven or eight, you only have to win one of the two games. But
1: just yeah, who really knows the Warriors? So I'd rather take my shot, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you completely there. its I, I think I read somewhere that it's supposed to be either the easiest or the second easiest strength of schedule going the way, rest of the mm-hmm. way to the end of the season. But, but I look at that schedule and like, there's nothing that looks like a gimme at all. Um, and I think that's just the state right. of Warriors basketball right now. It's that, you know, we're so inconsistent that one day we beat the Bucs, one day we beat Utah, and the next day we just absolutely get Crushed and destroyed, and like it seems like the confidence just goes out of the building. So, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely tough, as you said. You know, all it takes is Beal or or Westbrook going off for us to lose that game against the Wizards with with the Rockets, right? You know, Christian Wood or or Kevin Porter Jr. could Mm -hmm. have a big game. All of a sudden, you know, like it's another one of those close games that we could easily let slip away if if Steve Kerr doesn't um, let Steph play a couple extra minutes. So. Uh definitely no gimmies, which is why, you know, it's a lot of those games that we did kind of lose at the start of the season um, in the experimental phase are, are hurting a little bit now. But, you know, it's hard to say. You, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. I think out of those remaining games, the Pelicans are obviously right on our heels in the standings. And they're no slouch either, right? You, Zion is playing incredibly well this year. Uh, Lonzo has decided to become absolute flamethrower from three-point land so you know it's uh it's gonna take a lot it's not like they they get this home stand and they have all these teams that are sub 500 and we're gonna win um mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna have to step it up so hopefully they can yeah I, kind of that combination right and I, I think the bench is gonna be huge right. for the stretch to make sure that um you know everybody is contributing.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And that's the thing. Another thing that me and you have already talked about is just the bench play has just been so brutal this year where it's just like there's the inconsistency with like who's starting. Like we had Wiseman start at first, then it was Looney. Now it's back to Wiseman. And then it's like I don't understand what Steve Kerr's doing some of the time and it kind of gets me, you know, a little flustered because it's like (laughs) You have these guys in the rotation who I think, you know, you had Eric Pascal in the rotation and then I guess he got hurt. But prior to that, Steve Kirk came out and was like, oh, he's just not going to be in our rotation right now, which I don't understand. Like, I know he has bad games. He started the year really well off the bench and then he kind of was going downhill a little bit. But with these young guys, you got to let them develop. And you're not going to do that when you have a second year player who was you know playing 30 minutes a night last year because of injury and then you're playing him off the bench which is fine and what he should be doing but now you're taking away his minutes he's not getting game time and then you have players like Juan Descano Anderson who he starts when there's an injury when Draymond's not playing or when one of the wings isn't playing and then he doesn't even get to see the floor except for I want to say it was against the Hawks when he got fourth quarter run and we're losing anyway and it's just like I wish that, you know, we had w- at least one solid player off the bench. And I really feel like this year, I can't say that we have one. And that's just because we got so lucky in the past. We like up until last year, Sean Livingston and Andre Gudala were just so huge. And then me and you also talked about, you know, David West, Mo Spades. like just all these different pieces that I would do anything to have one of those, just one of those guys on the roster <laughs> because they could use that a lot right now
1: yeah i i would kill to have even even you know Mo and all of his various kind of sometimes plays where you're like what are you doing like that would be amazing yeah. right now just because i i think it's consistency because you know exactly what sean's going to give you when he comes in you know exactly what andre is going to give you Moe's is going to hit those mid-range yeah. jumpers uh, you know even if he yeah. does take a few ill-advised threes and it's like
0: now yeah. when you're in the
1: the it's either Kent Bazemore has a great game like he did against the Bucks or and against um, I want to say Chicago or maybe that was Damian Lee, but you know they'll have some really good games and you're like wow they're playing great they're awesome and then they have games where they're just you know unplayable essentially which is such a challenge. Right. There's just there's just not not enough depth right now for that. So I think it it'll be super interesting to see what they can do um and and as you mentioned you know with the younger players obviously have to give them a bit more leash to kind of learn on the fly and unfortunately what i've definitely noticed is that Um, steve kerr and you know whoever is kind of running the substitutions is a little short with them right you you pick up a few ticky tack fouls and then they disappear and never come back so it's frustrating and Mm -hmm. (laughs) compared to some people on twitter i'm definitely in the pro-Steve Kerr camp, um, but sometimes uh-huh. Juan, Juan, Juan disappears, and you're like, why can't Juan play? He was playing so well. So it's... Right. Uh, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall sometimes to figure out what their decision-making mm-hmm. process was there.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because uh, you're bringing up, you know, everything with Steve Kerr, and I think the the most upset that I have been with him, and I put it on Twitter, I made it known, was, like, the game with the Hawks, like I understand, like sometimes you have to just fix your rotation and you got to play Steph more minutes. And a prime example of that is literally looking at the Bucks game, because if Steph doesn't play that extra two and a half minutes or those extra two minutes, the Warriors are probably losing that game. I would say more likely right. than exactly. not, they're losing that game. And so it's just like when you have games where the defense is fighting so hard and pfft, I mean, they, weren't, they were like non-existent against the Hawks, but like just in general, they've had some very close games and it really makes you think like if Steph Curry was playing just an extra, literally an extra minute, would the outcome be different? And I could honestly say for at least five games, like on the entire schedule that, yeah, we probably would have won. And going back to what you were saying and what we were just talking about, about the bench, just the inconsistency with every player, it seems. Kent Bazemore is probably the one bench player who drives me nuts because he's so good, I want to say 40% of the time. And it's just when he has those games like you brought up, it's like, wow, his like he's nailing threes, he's playing good defensively. But then you have other games where he comes in for two minutes and he already has two quick fouls and he just <laughs> for some reason, like I always kind of like, I don't know. It's once I guess this goes back to like just missing Andre Gudala because he comes in and his defense was always spot on. He never really got himself into trouble like that. And then you yeah. have Bazemore come in and he like, he does the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, you can clearly see him swipe someone's arm. And then he puts his hands up like, oh, he's doing it's, like it's so clear and obvious. Like, uh, it just drives me nuts. And then you have like Damian Lee who, you know, he started the season hot. He was nailing threes all the time. And then he gets pulled from the rotation. Now he'll, he'll come off the bench and he'll hit a three and then he'll go ice cold for like
1: another couple games. Uh, just the inconsistency, man, drives me crazy. Yeah. I, I definitely hope that they find some way to kind of smooth it out, um, and, yeah. and get everybody clicking. And, but before I, I move on to the next kind of extension of that, I, I would just want to talk about the, the kind of staff coming in at the six minute mark. It's, it's funny mm-hmm. that, you know, if you went on Twitter, you would think that, Everybody in the world knew about this, like Steph not subbing in at the right time and everybody hates it. Right. To, mm-hmm. to, to get a sense of how far this is spread, my parents who are not on Twitter, but they do watch the dubs, mm-hmm. but they're like, you know, they don't really follow the dubs. Otherwise, they basically just don't watch the game in the fourth quarter until he checks it. He's like, tell me when it's the six minute because <laughs> we're not watching. So it's you know you think you're the audience and they are like oh wow this is great we've got six minutes to run this up until Steph comes back so it's not yep. like this is some kind of secret um, which is kind of funny and uh, you know maybe maybe those minutes that Steve Kerr was saving from Steph at the start of the season maybe he gives it to him now I don't know I don't know if it's uh, yeah he thinks of it like that you you make a deposit in the Steph Curry minutes bank for later withdrawal mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing
0: and when I was watching the game against the Bucks, I guess I really thought to myself like this is the time that I'm either going to love Steve Kerr or I'm going to just go crazy because <laughs> I was I was looking at this uh, like during this game in the fourth quarter I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like okay they don't play until Friday so you get two full days off if you're not going to play them in a tight game like you need to be chasing these wins like come on Kerr like Oh, it drives me crazy. And so, like, I'm thankful that he did it because the Warriors get the win. But now it just worries me because, just like you were saying, everybody knows that Steph doesn't come in until the six-minute mark. And this is the first time that we've seen it all season where even in a close game he's come in at the eight-minute mark. And that's just what, like, the fans and that's what everyone on Twitter is saying. Like, just bring him in in the close games because what's going to happen if you play him – like, not every game you're going to be in these situations where it's a one-point game and you need him in for, like, a longer, like, period of time. And so it's just, like, you don't want to not make the playoffs and then just be like, well, if four or five of the games out of the 72, if Steph would have played an extra minute or two, he would have been the eighth seed. Like, you, that's just the last thing that you want. And so down this stretch, especially when the Warriors have the easier games, like, I mean, who really knows? But, you know... The strength of schedule shows that it's in our favor. We're just gonna have to see what happens. But God, I just want the rotation to be good. I want to keep giving Wiseman minutes as well because just looking at what he does when he yeah, when he's playing well, like what like I'm sorry, but what was that that he plays the first half? Has a double double in the first half. He's like go he's playing fantastic against Brooke Lopez. And then what he barely touches the floor in the second half. It just it drives me crazy. Like I want I understand like why he's not there, but when Brooke Lopez can end the game for the Bucks, like I want Wiseman <laughs> out there too. Like it's it's not like yeah. they're going small, because then I would understand, but God, give the kids some minutes. Like, what are you gonna do next year when you hopefully clay is back and hopefully, you know, you come back with like a, a better bench than
1: this year and like, he needs to be prepared to finish games. He doesn't really have that yet. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had games where he's been kind of out of rhythm from the start, right? And then he disappears and doesn't get any time. But, like, against the Bucks, or right? he's he's having a great game. Defensively, he's not getting um, out of position as much. He's not getting exploited. He's not picking up the fouls. So, yeah, I wish we saw a little bit more of him um, in the second half for sure. I mean, definitely happy that he had probably, in my my view, of the games that i have seen probably his best game in terms of kind of offensive impact, defensive as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, overall looking like he was having fun and his, and his comments right after the game, he's like, that was some yeah. fun stuff. Um, I think this was like a game yeah. that really showed you what he could do, um, what he can do in the future more consistently. Right. So right. Uh, that, that's exciting. Right. And I'm glad that he's still showing flashes of what he can do and, has just kind of broken out a little bit of that slump that he had for, for a couple games.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, I think it's kind of funny because I saw, I don't remember who it was, but I saw somebody on Twitter tweeted something or showed a picture and it was like of James Wiseman with like all these tweets around it. That was like all the negative stuff. And I guess James Wiseman liked that picture or whatever. And it's just like, he for sure sees all the noise and everything. And I feel like he's, like he just turned 20 he's super hard on himself and it's like it's it's also a difficult situation where I feel like he has a lot of pressure but we also have to look at it from like if he was playing on the Hornets right like if he was in a mellow ball spot like he'd be putting up better numbers it's just Steve Kerr's not giving him the minutes and you know you're playing with uh two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year and I just I don't know. I guess everything for me just kind of comes back to Steve Kirk's. It's like, I just, I want more Wiseman minutes. I want him to grow. And I feel like just Milwaukee was a prime opportunity to play him in the crunch time. And I wish that he would have done that. I can understand Steve Kirk's point, but like play him when the other opponent's big is on the floor. Like, please just do that to end the season. So he
1: gets those reps in. Yeah definitely agree and it's 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 tough as he he's kind of mentioned he's like how do we balance development and winning and i think unfortunately he kind of sees playing wiseman as like development right so he's like you can play when there's a lead but but now when you're down or maybe it's tight he's like i i don't know if he, he definitely he obviously definitely doesn't trust him yet to close the games um so yeah we will see it will be interesting but uh Hey, I think when his jumper starts hitting a little bit, you know, he hits some threes, dunks, right. nice impact on the defensive end. Doesn't, doesn't try to like block every single shot that comes towards him 15 rows in those stands. I mean, I think he's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that.
0: Uh, so just kind of moving on. So right now looking at, you know, a week ahead. So next Thursday, say Thursday, right? Yeah. So, Looking at the next week ahead, we have 5 games. You have Washington tomorrow, Houston on Saturday, Denver Monday, Oklahoma City on Wednesday, and then Cleveland on Thursday. So, what's your take as to what do you think what do you think the Warriors' record should be and like I guess what do you want it to be and realistically what do you <laughs> think it's going to be? Cuz I think yeah. those are two things cuz I know, you know,
1: I think what what I want it to be is four and one, maybe dream a little five and zero. What I think it'll be um, is three and two, just because I feel like the Nuggets are are, are going to be handful, and one of those right. other kind of easier games is going to be a trap game. Um, yeah, but I definitely hope they surprise. What 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 do you think in there?
0: So uh, it's so difficult because I would be. I think I would be super happy with four and one. And once again, that's the one loss I see is Denver just because, you know, they're such a good team. And then you look at them adding Aaron Gordon and it's just like, they're just, their starting five is ridiculous. And it's the Warriors are no match for them. Even their bench, like, God, I would do anything to have their bench. They just have so many weapons all around. And so I'm already considering that a loss. And I mean, who knows, right? This is just like our prediction looking into next week, but you don't know who's going to play, who's not. They might, you know, something could happen. But yeah, as of right now, I would consider uh, that a loss. So I would like to be four and one. I kind of agree with you that I could see it going three and two. And I think that one of the losses is going to come on the back to back. I hope that they can win tomorrow night against Washington But I guess Houston is my other problem, just because Christian Wood is just Christian Wood is just so good, and he's just so big, and uh, I just you know how to handle him. And John Wall is always you know his own case that you got to guard.
1: Yeah, so I I definitely think that when. Our our biggest challenge is when you know they 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 have a star that can just kind of carry them. I, I think not too dissimilar to how we are, right? With Steph, kind of if if their star player has a good game and you know they're balling. If if our star player doesn't have a good game, we're we're not likely to win. I think just being dependent on one guy is kind of the Achilles heel of this team for sure.
0: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with that. And that's the thing is it's just like in the past, we really haven't had to deal with that as of late, you know, I'm excluding last year because of all the injuries, but it's like, when Steph's down, I really consider the game like already a loss just because he just does so much. And it looks like he, what he put, he put up 41 against the bucks. Like he just plays out of his mind. And then it's like, you don't really get that production. And I think one thing that's driven me crazy all season, and I've seen this a lot too, is like, you, I have yet to see two games, or you know, at least one game for that, where Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre both go off. Like, let's just say they both put up like twenty or twenty-five. <laughs> it never happens. It's always, it's always, oh here, I'm gonna put up a career high with Kelly Oubre, He's scoring like forty-two or whatever, and then Wiggins scores like twelve, or it's you know, Andrew Wiggins puts up forty and Kelly Oubre puts up eight, and it's just like. I would be so happy if just one game, they both put up like 20 and then stepped it at 30. Like if you could get from the core four right now, like Steph Wiggins, Oubre, and Draymond, if you could get uh, like 85 points. And I think that's kind of fair. I would be extremely happy, but it's just the inconsistency with both of them. And I love Andrew Wiggins. I've always been the biggest advocate for him, but I don't know. I just feel like the two of them just, I feel like they clash heads, like not with one another, but just like how they're performing. You just can't <laughs> it's just, get the it's best out of both possible. of them at the same time.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's, that's crazy. really how
0: it seems. And it's just, yeah. Hopefully one of these days, you know, they'll show out. But yeah, Kelly Oubre, uh, ever since, you know, the trade deadline, like I was saying, I just didn't feel like he was doing the best that he could, and it just – his energy didn't look like it. And now the Bucks. I saw him do some head whipping and some of that stuff. So that was kind of cool to see, get that He's, he's, he's definitely a big body season. language
1: guy on the court. You can, you can always tell when he's feeling oh, yeah. it versus not.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And it's – I think one thing for me about him is that starting a season, I remember his, like, intensity defensively and offensively offensively was literally it was all there and I remember him like it's like I kind of just look at it from the start of the season like when we went against the Nets and it's like his put back over Durant was insane I was like wow Kelly Oubre is going to be so much fun for this team yep yep and then it kind of dwindled away and now hopefully we'll get it back and they can make a push because when you look at the schedule I mean right now the Warriors are in the play-in if if it was to end right now. I want to say that there are about three games, uh, maybe three, maybe two and a half out of the eight seed. And just looking at, you know, what's going to happen, we really got to close out on a good note. So like I was saying, 12 to 14 wins is like a good spot to be in. You for sure want to end this 21 games above 500. And so that's kind of why I'm 12 is like a good spot to be 14. I'm getting a little greedy, but I could see
1: them doing it depending on if they can go on that run. Yep. I am. I'm all aboard that, uh, 14 game run there. Yeah. You know what? Like I, that's like what I
0: was saying on Twitter, all aboard. This is the train that's not going to stop until we get into the postseason. Like I, I was listening to uh ninety-five seven the game earlier and they were talking about how, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world if you go if you get into the play in and then you lose and you're still in the lottery and it's like I don't wanna do that. I wanna like if we're there, I wanna push to be in the playoffs. And the reason for that is because the Warriors can make noise in the playoffs no matter who they're going against, just because you never know. Like Steph can explode and that's just like It just could happen, and I was realistically thinking about this as, like, let's say the Warriors end at the 8 or the 7 seed. They're most likely going to be going against the Jazz or the Suns. I mean, the Suns are on a tear, and the Jazz have just always been there, but I really could see those, like, series getting competitive, and that's kind of what I've been thinking about is, like, yeah, they're both extremely good teams with, like, a great bench and stuff that the Warriors don't have, But I don't know. It just seems to me like if you were to get into it with one of them, they could make some noise. And I'm not saying that they would escape the first round, but they could for sure get a couple wins. And I think that's huge for, you know, Jordan Poole and Wiseman and just getting the young guys developed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the dynamic really changes if you do make it to the playoffs. Um, You know, shorter bench and obviously get the game plan for one team for the whole time. So yeah, I, I I would hate to be in that awkward ten spot, have to win two to get in, um, you know, or win one and lose, or or even lose right away. So yeah, it's uh it's tough because yeah we're we're kind of very much on the bubble right now. Of it's not like we're the the, the Timberwolves, and it's clear that they're just going for the pick. So, um, right, exactly. it will be a big there's, few weeks. Yeah, there's hope.
0: Yep. So I guess um. Looking at once again at the uh, the upcoming five games in the next week that me and you were discussing, who would you say that I guess we'll we'll do both the starters and the bench? Who do you think has to perform extremely well on both sides in order for the Warriors to let's just say be four and one or three and two? Like, who do you see going above and beyond as a starter and on the bench in order for the Warriors to get there?
1: Yep. So i for the starter. I'm not going to pick Steph because I'm just taking it as a given right now. Um, so to make him more interesting, I'm going to say it's got to be Kelly Oubre, Um Offensively, uh, I think defensively he's been all right um, as long as he doesn't pick up some of those ticky tack fouls. I think offensively we just need more output. Right? He just he just has to to score a little more. Right. Um, get get himself into the game earlier and uh, kind of open things up a little more. Um, on the bench, I think it's going to continue to be Jordan Poole. Um, he had a great game against the Bucs, mm. really attacking well. Um, yeah, Even though his three-point shot has been not as hot as he was those first few games when he came back from the G League, but he's definitely attacking a lot. And I think if he can make the bench like less of a gigantic black hole in terms of points and less of a negative, maybe even a positive, I, I think that would be so huge because right now – even with the various change rotations they've been trying the bench comes in and it's, you know, they're just trying to stay afloat. Um, if the bench can come in and maybe be, you know, a, a plus or even just keep it even, um, that would change yeah. the dynamics so much. Cause we went through that period of time where the bench would come in and it was like an immediate 10 point hole. I mean, that, that can't happen. Yeah, yeah
0: I agree. Um, I guess my take, and I would say I'm not going to pick Steph either because, I mean, it's just, you know, you expect him to just do his thing. Uh, I was kind of torn thinking about the starters. Uh, I think I'm going to lean towards Draymond. I was going to say Wiggins, but I think I'm going to go with Draymond just because if he can just stay consistent because, I mean, I know defensively he is like, but offensively, He needs to stop with the turnovers, and I feel like same with Steph. Oh, my goodness. His turnovers have been so bad lately. But, yeah, just if Draymond can get his offense going, like when him and Steph run the pick and roll and Steph ends up, you know, dragging his guy off and then Draymond has, like, they don't want to leave Steph, So Draymond has, like, the open layup or he, like, passes it to Wiseman for the lob. I just think he needs to continue to be assertive offensively Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that would be huge, especially looking at when he was starting at, at center. I don't know why this didn't continue, but like when he was starting at center and he was averaging like 14 assists per game or whatever for like a four game stretch, like that was ridiculous. I don't know why he like stopped doing that now. Like, I don't know why it was, it was only when he was center. Like I know that he puts up his assist numbers, but I would like to see them increase and maybe defensively, like, Get a couple more steals, a couple more blocks, because I know that that's kind of dwindled away as
1: well. Um, yeah. In and looking and on at the, the Draymond point, the, I mean, oh. I, I'm even okay with him taking those threes that right now he's looking off, yep. even if he's cranking them. Like you just you just got to keep him honest because he, he loves to run that action at the top of the key. Um, you know, call be, be the quarterback of the offense, and it's just so right. obvious. And like, he got tagged in that post, and he was in the comments saying, you know, he's making them pay, like. Keep doing it. Keep attacking. Like, I honestly, yeah, have no problem if he he drives in, he takes a floater, or he takes a jumper, or he takes a three because it's probably a better shot than Kelly Oubre into three people or you know Wiggins contested or whatever is the outcome of him not taking that shot. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well. Looking at the like, God, you're so wide open. Just take the threes, especially because I don't <laughs> think his shot is like I know like he has like ever since they started talking about like he shoots with the backpack on, it's really hard to unsee, but like when he's <laughs> on, it seems like in the crunch time when he's taking those threes, I honestly feel like he's going to hit them more than he's not because I feel like he could miss two or three at the start of the game. And then like the fourth quarter comes and like it's a crunch time three and he nails it. And it's yeah. just like, just keep shooting because his percentages aren't that bad this year, but he, I mean, I know he's not taking like a high percentage, but still like when you're wide open, and he brought this up as well. It makes you an additional threat. So why not do it? Like, why not? If you miss it, you miss it. But, like, at that point, right. like, make the defense, you know, think that you're a threat and that they have to guard you or just keep taking the open shots. I don't care who it is. If you're that wide open, take the shot, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like every single game, the Warriors play somebody who has some guy who shoots like 30%. And obviously, the broadcast calls it out. And that guy proceeds to, shoot like 80% from the game from three. <laughs> I don't know why Right but like, <laughs> you think of it from you know, the Draymond perspective. I sure you shoot 30%, but you got to shoot it. And then what inevitably right. happens is, you know, the Warriors are like, Oh no, this guy's lighting us up. And, and they end up closing out way too far. They get easy drives. It opens everything up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, more, more offense from Draymond would be what I think um, really moves the needle. It, it seems like, you know, he has a good offensive game. He just, starts passing better things open up and everything kind of mm-hmm. gets easier so hope we'll see that yeah i uh, yeah i agree with that
0: uh, as well and then kind of moving on to who i think you know needs to perform on the bench i'm gonna side with you because i agree with the jordan pool just because when steph wasn't playing he was just so good I want to say for like a five or six game stretch he was averaging around 20 points and that's like huge and I want to see that continue yeah I know he was just he was great and so yeah like you were saying it would be huge for the bench to get that scoring because you're right when the you know throughout the season it's always even the announcers are always like oh well like Steph's not in like try to keep it you know close to where it's at right now And then it's just like, if you could just get some scoring, like that would just help everybody so much because I would love to see like the Warriors up two, or maybe it's tied at the end of one. And then when Steph comes in, maybe they're up a couple points because then you're in a good position where if your bench is succeeding, then your entire team is going to do well.
1: Yep. And you you don't make Steph have to dig you out of a hole. Right. And of course he's obviously going to try and take some threes and, make something happen but you know even even some things are too hard for him to do especially when the entire defense is keying in on him like against the bucks or they brought two men at him a lot and they've got um yeah holiday on him who's a tremendous defender and Steph found a way but that's not going to happen every single night no matter how good anybody is so yeah just just not putting them in that's crazy uh yeah
0: that's crazy too about drew holiday just i was like watching the highlights again and it was just like wow steph's doing this against a phenomenal defender and it's just it just shows how good he is and um yeah steph's gonna steph i mean i mean that's really all that there is exactly uh so i guess we could jump into to one last point and then i guess we'll try to close it out but uh so I know that we've talked about, you know, the last 21 games or so, but so what, I guess we're going to go back to like how I brought up the five game stretch. Uh, what do you realistically think uh, versus what do you want to happen? Because I know that like, we're both probably going to say, you know, 14 to 16 wins, but like, if you were to look at the schedule, what would you think is like realistic looking at the teams that they got to go against and basically moving
1: forward with all of that? hmm i would say realistically probably going to continue to be 500 I, I think we're just a 500 team this year and it's like win a couple lose a couple and just kind of slog forward what i'd love to see is obviously the 14 scenario but i think that right this kind of losing streak the worries have been through that's that's uncharacteristic i think characteristic for the team would be just you know being 500 not not able to string together a long streak together but not you know being completely terrible for a long stretch either right Um, that would probably put us at the 10th seed right or or maybe even out but i definitely think they have the capability to overachieve there
0: right yeah so i mean i think realistically looking at the schedule i would say 12 is realistic and i guess the reason that i'm going to say that is If they win 12 games, that puts them right at 500. They would end at 36 and 36. And I also think that, you know, with the Warriors announcing today, that they're going to have fans for, you know, the last, I want to say it's nine home games of the season. I know that it's the 23rd against Denver, but that's huge, especially on that last, the six game stretch that they are at home. And those are going to be huge games that I think that they could win, especially having fans there, because the last six are OKC, OKC. I think that those should both be wins, and I'm kind of confident in that Utah, that's going to be tough. I mean, Utah is always tough. I know we beat them once, but that's going to be an extremely tough game. Then you have Phoenix. That's going to be tough. But. I mean, you're going to kind of get a look. I kind of like playing them both there because you're kind of going to get a look into, well, if you make the playoffs and you're playing one of those teams, it's probably going to be one of them. So you'll see them, you know, not too far out of the matchup, if that's what happens. And then my favorite part about the end is that you have the Pelicans and then you have the Grizzlies. And why I like that so much is because they're the two who are around you when it comes to, you know, the eight through the 11 seed like they're right there. So who knows where we're going to be? Maybe those are going to be major games for who gets the 18, who's playing in the play in who really knows, you know? So I think having fans back for the warriors is just going to be huge. And I think that that's why I'm going to give them the edge thing. I realistically think 12 can happen and they're going to end at 500, but man, would I be happy if they could, you know, pull out 14 and lose seven. And I think that that's kind of realistic. I just, looking at the schedule because I'm not worried about the Celtics. The Celtics have not been good at all this year. They're like on the (laughs) cusp of making the playoffs in the, in the East. Like they're a good team. And then it's like, so I guess I'm worried about Denver, Philly. You have Denver again. And then it's kind of Utah Phoenix. And then you have Dallas in there too. And the Kings. And those are all going to be big games. But I think like we were saying this five game stretch that they have is just going to be massive. And if you can come, if you can come out four and one, that would, that would make everything so much better. And then we could revisit this next week and see where we're at then. But as of right now, I'm going to stick to my, you know, four and one prediction and then, uh, you know, we'll continue with the season from there.
1: All right, let's, let's do it. I'm rooting for them to go four and one, and I, I think one one part about having fans back too, which which you mentioned, I think it'll be awesome. They haven't had fans in what is it, a year plus, year and a half, year a year, somewhere around a year, over and a year. I think yeah. that hopefully, what we'll see is you know by that point in the season, it'll be nice to control your destiny and be able to literally beat the team that you're trying to get into the playoffs over, and also right. hopefully you know that that vibe from the crowd. I think will be so critical for, for the players and who knows, maybe they'll put a little heat on Steve Kerr too. Yelling him to run, yeah, pick and roll oh more yeah, yelling him to take stuff off the bench. You know, <laughs> I, I guarantee you whoever, especially cause it's going to be limited tickets. These people are going to go out of their way to make themselves heard. So, um, Oh yeah. You know, it's definitely the, the crowd will help.
0: Oh yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So I guess, we'll just kind of end it on that note. And once again, Ken, I do want to say that I appreciate you helping me out with the pod. I'm happy to to have a co-host with me now. And uh, I guess we'll just kind of touch base again later on next week and we'll continue this moving forward.
1: Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Mike. And it's, uh, it's been great to join you today and talk about the dubs.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Let's go dubs. All right.